We're live. Oh, we're live. Oh, we're live. Welcome back to the Gambling Shed, starring Bobby Beats and my man Gabe Myers. You can follow me at Robo Harris Jr. You can follow my man Gabe at G underscore Myers, M Y E R S, the number 33. We're back, episode four. It's called Keep It Rolling because we were rolling. Yes, sir. We were rolling. We were rolling, man. Yeah, yeah. All the money. You if you listen to this podcast, you made some bread in some type of way. College, college, the four picks we gave y'all. Oh my goodness. You Three racked them up. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, we, we racked them up. We're trying to do that again for college and also trying to, you know, get better at the NFL. Gabe is over five hundred. His overall record is five and four. I'm three and six. You know, if I could have a crushing week. This week, even though Gabe disagrees with one of my picks, but we'll get to that. Yeah, you know we're, how we thought. We're in agreement on another one, though. Oh, okay, okay. Do you see it? It's in different spots, but we're in agreement. Okay. Yeah, I see it. I see it. We're, I see it. We're we're, I see it. we're 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 go we're uh. But see, I don't have the disagreement one. I don't have in these picks, though. So. Mm. My other podcast, dude. Not only did I go. Uh, undefeated college here, mm-hmm. over 500 NFL here, and 5-0 and on the Moneyline podcast. I also had Dustin Johnson win the damn Masters. Ooh. Hey. Cue the Vince hey. McMahon money music, baby. What's <laughs> that? I don't... Hey, man. Hey, I seen a bet uh, by one of my mentors in the game. He put 350 down on Dustin Johnson. The odds was probably like a plus. I know that was over a thousand. Yeah, At the I time have, he played, mine was plus eleven hundred. Yeah, I think it was like eleven hundred, and the payout was like twenty eight hundred. Man, he cashed out. I was just like, I was like, man, that's that's extra money. Just that's just just what's made, you know. So it was just uh, wild to see that. But Dustin Johnson. He did his thing in the Masters. He took over and the last day. Yeah. Won a cool, won a cool five fifty on a, <laughs> a cool. I bet. So the way the way to do golf, the way I do golf, is get. I do a little. I have a couple of friends who are really into it, so I talk to them. But mm-hmm. I, also, you know, I just look at how people are playing. You know, and like if it's a major, like if it's a Masters at the same course every year, it's so like what's their history on the course, or if it's a different major and it's like a different course every year. Then I'll just like see like how they're playing overall, like in the weeks leading up to it, um, and I'll and I'll pick four or five guys, and I'll like a hundred dollars total, and then so I'll and again everybody in golf is plus a thousand or better, you know. Generally, and, and Tiger in his day it was different, but there's no mm-hmm. one like that now. So like Dustin Johnson was my main pick, so I put you know so I put fifty on him. Then I put 10 on Tiger, I put 10 on DeChambeau, and I put 10 on a couple other guys. And it's like, if any of those guys win, I come out ahead. But if DJ won, I came out further ahead. So mm-hmm. I was really for DJ. But the way you do golf is you have money set aside, and you sprink, you don't bet you don't bet it on one person. You just kind of sprinkle it around, and then whoever wins, you come out ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's okay. the way I do it, and that's and that way it it gives you an incentive to watch golf if you're inclined to do so, which I don't think a lot of people are uh, our age are, but I uh, I have fun with the ma- second year in a row I've hit a Masters winner because I hit Tiger hey. 
I bet on Tiger in the majors because I just I want to root for him if he's in it. So I'm always yeah. gonna bet on Tiger, uh, at least a small amount. Just you know, but it's uh, but yeah. So back to back years in the Masters, I'm I'm enjoying golf more and more. But man, good football week coming up, man. Good football week. We off to a good start, man. Last night, yeah. last night's game was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I've seen a lot of people. Uh, we talking about just now tuning in. We talk about Arizona Cardinals versus the Seattle Seahawks. I think. A lot of people were on the over. I was like, this, this is not going to be an over game. This is more of a defensive, competitive game for me. I don't think, I don't think Seattle will let Kyler Murray have that free will as they did in Arizona. So a lot of people were jumping on the over, and a lot of people wasn't focusing on, like, man, like, Seattle at home, I, I took Seattle minus three because they're at home. I, I just don't – I didn't see Arizona covering or outright winning in that type of matchup because I just think Seattle was going to be ready for college. Yeah. I took Seattle minus three as well yesterday. I thought Seattle with the way they lost to Arizona, you know, three weeks ago and combined with the Rams lost last week, we'll get into that here in a bit. Um, like Seattle, that they, they were really playing to get their season back going. Mm-hmm. Like they were, this was more than just a game for them. And Arizona had that emotional win, the Hale Murray, um, against Buffalo. So they were due for a letdown. They were due for an emotional mm-hmm. letdown. Combine that with Seattle, you know, really needed – Seattle really needed that game. I mean, they just yeah. – they really, really needed that game. So I, I like Seattle minus three. Uh, didn't love – um, didn't love that Arizona had the ball down a touchdown late. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I had Seattle minus three. And they, you know – they deserved to win that game, and they won it. So that's um, good. It was a good start to the uh, just the game was really good, fun game to watch. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and you know we won our bets this weekend. So as always, it's a that's a good start to the weekend. But man, let's get let's get into these features, Rob. Let's get let's get going. <laughs> let's get going here. Let's get going here. Let's get going with our hits and our misses from the NFL. Uh, you you know the NFL, the underdogs. They didn't really show up. It was a lot of favorites that hit eight and six against the record. Only teams who won outright. The Giants, good call, Gabe, on your live dog. New England Patriots, good call for myself because I just knew it was cold. It was rainy. You you hit that one, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people were jumping on Baltimore for some odd reason. And the Indianapolis Colts, they outright won. So, on Thursday night football against the Tennessee Titans. So if you had underdogs, you didn't, you know, you picked them three, you went three and oh, but other than that, uh, it didn't look too fair for you on the underdog feature. And we got some questions for our hits and misses. Are the Las Vegas Raiders, I want to call them Oakland, are they for real? The Temple Bay Bucks, I mean, what a what an impressive uh, showing against Carolina Panthers. And um, this question is a, a funny one. Now, uh, what should we make of the Saints with Taysom? <laughs> I can't even get the name out. Taysom Hill. Like, what do we think? I don't, I don't, I'm going to be honest, Gabe. He's not an NFL quarterback to me. He just, he just not. I mean, he got I, a lot I of agree. Uh-huh. I agree. 
I don't think he's not a guy like the Saints should not go into Week One because Breeze is retiring after this after the season. He yeah. should not go into Week One next year. The Saints starting quarterback, but with Sean Payton and Kamara and Mike Thomas and you got Sanders and Sean Payton calling the plays and being creative, mm-hmm. three four weeks this might work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think it it could work. Like I I think. Like, once the defense figures him out, like, okay, yeah, he uses his legs a lot. He might throw a little slant route, a little hitch route. I don't I don't see him throwing the ball deep. Hey, man, I don't see have teams figured Lamar Jackson out, like, really well? I, I, I mean, looking at that Sunday night game. Okay, but they're taking him two and a half years then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And let's say a year and a half. Okay, yeah, two and a half years. Uh, he was a full starter last year, MVP. Um, but two years. It was about this time two years ago. He, yeah, he was two years ago. But I, I think uh, – I, I hope, for the Saints' sake, it's not a first series sit down on the bench or a first half Taysom Hill is on the bench and Jameis is in. Like, I think you, you – I don't know what – this will prove what is Sean Payton holding on to this guy for. What what was the contract extension for? What was all this for? So to me, I mean, we're gonna get into the picks later, but I don't it is Atlanta Falcons, but I just don't think Taysom Hill is ready for, for this moment to me. I don't think he's ready. Man, it's we'll we'll get into this later. We'll get in, we'll get into this later. I I got some things to say. Because I, I tell you, I could not be more interested in New Orleans Saints right now. Like with ta- knowing that Taysom's starting on Sunday, I'm like I have you know I have I'll have up to five screens that I'll have football on on ahead of time on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. One of the main ones will be the Saints. Now I'm like I am all the way locked in. I'm so intrigued by this. I'm so intrigued with the Saints. Raiders, we're gonna get into that for a bit. Uh, Saints are involved in your lock. Raiders are involved in mine. We'll uh, we'll get into that here in a bit. Uh, Tampa Bay bounced back in a big way. Did you have that last week or did I have that last week? I had that as a lock. I had that as a lock. You had that? Okay. Because yeah. I had that one on my other podcast, so I can't remember. If I, had, I had the Saints last week. That's who I had. Mm-hmm. I had the Saints last week. Okay. Yeah, because I had I had the Bucks on my other podcast as well. Um but yeah, I mean, Bucks bounced back, which you know we expected that Brady yeah. after a bad loss is you know mm-hmm. like seventy five and one or something like ridiculous. <laughs> actually, that doesn't make sense. I don't know if Brady's lost seventy five times in his career, but it's uh, it's uh, but he he does really well after a loss. Um, but yeah, I want to say though, before we get into our picks, Rob, how about them, L.A. Ra- I said it. If you the Rams are legit. And they're going to be Seattle, and that number is going to come down from plus twelve hundred down to plus eight hundred now to win the NFC. Who are them LA Rams? They uh they sent a message to the league on a uh, on, on Sunday. Yeah, they did. I mean, a big victory uh, for those guys. I think the key for me with the Rams goes as far as like can they have a consistent running game with Henderson with Malcolm Brown can. Can they sustain a a a healthy running game to to help out Jared Goff? I mean, Jared Goff he's going to be good, and then some games he's going to be bad. I think which which kind of Jared Goff are you going to get? The defense they're solid. 
they're they're not they're not like superior like they used to be, but they're they're solid. I mean, I think you got Aaron Donald uh-huh. better than the one that went to the Super Bowl. I mean, they held Seattle to sixteen points. Yeah, they, held, yeah. they I mean, they. And I was not coming into the season. I thought, okay, outside of Donald and Ramsey, you know how mm-hmm. good, how good are the guys on this defense? Leonard Floyd stepped up and been huge this year. Uh, Darius Williams, the corner opposite of Jalen Ramsey, was awesome on Sunday. And per, if you look at the analytics, they think he's been one of the best corners in the league just outright. John Johnson mm-hmm. was a really good player for them two years ago. I kind of I forgot about him personally because he was out for 10, 11 games last year. So I really didn't mm-hmm. even put like I didn't, you know, put him into the Rams defense, but he's bounced back and he's playing his best football. And they got a new defensive coordinator this year. They replaced Wade Phillips, who's one of the great defensive coordinators in NFL history. And Brendan Staley's coming in the defense has gotten better. I mean mm-hmm. he's someone I don't know if I'd give him a head coaching job just being a one year defensive coordinator, but he's someone who is going to get head coaching interviews and is going to be a candidate this offseason for what he's done with this Rams defense. Obviously, Aaron Donald is, you know, a beast. You know, there's no other way to say it. Michael Brocker is really good on the defensive line. This Rams team, what you said about the running game is true. They need to run the ball because Jared Goff, he is elite as a play-action passer. Like, he, 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 you know, he throws a great ball. He has one of the best arms in the NFL. Just accuracy, arm talent, can make every throw. Um mm-hmm. He can, but if he's having a drop back, five, seven step drop and try to pick you apart, that's not what he does. That's not what Sean McVay wants to do. That's not what they've built this team to do. So, like in that Mm -hmm. Dolphins game, when they turned the ball over and there was defensive touchdowns and there was a punt return touchdown, Rams can't win with that things, with those kind of things going against them. Now, Mm -hmm. those don't happen a lot either. Yeah. And I think with the Rams, it's not that I think the Rams are the best team in the NFC, it's that I Mm -hmm. think all the teams in the NFC are flawed. And the Rams last week being plus 1,200, a flawed team, but a team with a great coach, a really good defensive coordinator, one of the top defenses in the NFL, and a team that has an identity, that's a pretty good value. And I thought their value would shrink. I thought their odds would go up or down, depending on how you look at it, to win the NFC uh, following last week. And it did. The, the, uh, you know, they went from a 12-1 to to win the NFC to now an 8-1. to so I think uh, last I, I think the Rams are a real threat. Uh, I know last week you were you know you didn't take them seriously. Have, have you kind of changed your tune on that at all, or are you you still not buying LA Rams stock here? Um, I buy a little share, just a little share. A little share. I know the Saints. I know they're probably. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if they're still at plus three hundred due to Drew Brees going uh, three twenty five. Three twenty five. No, it, it hasn't moved much. It doesn't move the needle too much. I guess I can buy. I want to see what they can do on Monday night against the Tampa Bay Bucks. I had a friend, you know, I was at work. He was like, "Man, I got, I got a fancy football question for you." I said, "Okay, man, talk to me. I, I worry. I, I know a lot of stuff. Go on, ask me." He said, "Man, you think Cam Newton against the Texans, that bad defense, or or Tom Brady versus the Rams defense?" I was like, "You just answered your own question." Pick Cam Newton versus the Houston Texans' bad defense, who can't stop the pass or the run. Like, I was, <laughs> so, that, I mean, to, to your point about the defensive effort on the LA Rams, I just think Tom Brady is going to have a tough time. Especially what made them go against the Carolina Panthers is they ran the football. They ran the football with Ronald Jones. 
Ronald Jones only had three carries and nine yards against the Saints. He come back the next week. He's having a 140-yard game against the Carolina Panthers with a 98-yard run touchdown. So to my point, while Gabe is choking, <laughs> to my point, I'm saying that I, I'm buying a little stock in it. But I got to see what they do Monday night against this uh, – the Tampa Bay explosive offensive team. So uh, for me, I'm like kind of one foot in and one foot out of the guy to, yeah. to lay that 10 bucks down and <laughs> <laughs> plus 800 odds on the LA Rams to come out the NFC. Because you got to think, I mean, okay, they beat the Seahawks once. They got to face the Seahawks again, correct, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so they still got to play the Cardinals twice. They haven't played the they Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, haven't played the Cardinals at all. So all that taking to me takes y'all in, in, in for me, my information in my membrane to say, all right, I like the Rams a little bit, but I want to see what they do. Yeah, no, I'm, that's and that's fair. I mean, they're playing, they got another, I mean, they got a primetime game against a really good team, uh, this weekend, and that they're involved in one of my picks as well. So we keep teasing it, Rob. Without <laughs> Let's get to our picks, man. You going first worked really well for us last week. So we're going to stay on that. We're going to stay on that trend because we want to keep winning here. So we're going to have Rob go first here. Your lock of the week, Rob. Give it to us. My lock of the week uh, is <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta uh, plus three and a half versus the New Orleans Saints. Now, let me double check. This game it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's COVID. It's in, it's in New Orleans. It's in the Superdome. It's not going to get as loud as it is, but the governor has allowed uh, fans of the New Orleans Saints, or I think the mayor, has allowed them to, 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 to be in the, in the crowd, be in the stadium, but not too much now. I don't trust Taysom Hill. I don't trust him as a quarterback. So, and I know Atlanta defense is good in the first half. Now, when it gets to the second half, who knows what type of defense you're going to get from the Atlanta Falcons. But I know one thing. That team knows how to play in the second half of the season for some odd reason. They always start off slow, and then they get hot at the end of the season. Now, Raheem Morris, you're doing a great job for this team. Keep doing what you're doing. And I think getting Calvin Ridley back, you get Calvin Ridley back, you got Julio, you, you got weapons. Ty Gurley is secretly having a great season. People not talking about Ty Gurley. Ty Gurley, what, second in the league in touchdown? Nobody talking about Ty. And I think this team, they ain't my live dogs, but I think they can, they can sneak a victory in New Orleans. So I'm going Atlanta plus three and a half to cover in a little, little inch to outright win against the New Orleans Saints. That's my lock of the week. Man, so if you're with Rob and want to go Atlanta three and a half, bet it like now. You know, <laughs> live, bet it now. If you're doing it, you know, if you get the podcast, you know, and it's still three and a half when you listen to the podcast, bet it now. Because what with I've looked at two different books, um, in both of them, it's trending towards three. Yeah. The line trending towards three. So, and it it started off at four and a half when it was thought Jameis was going to be the starter. Um, mm -hmm. down to three and a half and going down to three with Taysom Hill, which shows you the books are with you, Rob. They don't, they don't trust Taysom Hill. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why you're wrong here. 
Nobody has a clue what the Saints are doing on offense, Taysom Hill, this week. Because we've seen the packages they run, and obviously they're not going to do, you know, 60, 65 plays in an NFL game with the limited packages we have seen with Taysom Hill on offense. Meaning we have no – and I, you know, some of those packages, that's going to be, you know, maybe 10 plays in the game. But we don't have a clue what they're doing on offense. With Sean Payton, that's a problem. With, if you have no – Sean Payton's as creative an offensive coach as there is up there with Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid. Those are my top three as creative offensive coaches, and I don't think anyone would really disagree with that. That's dangerous that you have no clue what Sean Payton's doing on offense. Also, Mm -hmm. per Football Outsiders, Saints are the only team in the NFL, only team to be top 10 on offense, top 10 on defense, have a top 10 special teams unit. Six in offense, five in defense, five in special teams. Now you can say without Drew Brees, offense takes a step back. I'll agree with you there. They're going to take a step back. I don't, while I have more faith in Taysom Hill than you do, he ain't Drew Brees. I mean, he, he's not Drew Brees. But a top five defense and top five in special team still with Alvin Kamara, with Michael Thomas, and with Emmanuel Sanders, that's still very dangerous. And the rivalry game with the Falcons combined with Taysom's first game means the Saints will not be lacking urgency. They know mm-hmm. they, they, they know they got to win. They're going to come out hot. And – the Falcons are not a good team. They're a below-average team here. And the Saints, even without Drew, are really good, elite, well-rounded team. And Taysom's a wild card here because you don't know what they're doing on offense with him. It's going to be a whole new offense that no one can game plan for. And if you don't know what Sean Payton is doing, advantage Sean Payton. I'm betting not just on the Saints. I'm betting more on Sean Payton here. I, I just can't. Like it's um, I don't have it in this podcast. With my other podcast, I have the Saints minus three and a half. I like yeah. I just think with Sean Payton, how good that Saints team is. Ooh, that lock is. Ugh. Oof, I'm a, I'm shiver, ugh, get cold shiver down my spine, man. The one yeah. thing I'll give you, one thing I'll give you. Last year. The Saints or the Falcons went into the Superdome when fans could be in the Superdome and did upset the New Orleans Saints. And the Falcons were like one in eight or something at this point in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one thing I'll give you. But ugh, um, I can't. You're giving me, give me shivers down my spine here, Rob. Give me shivers down my spine here. That's what I'm here to do, Gabe. That's ugh. what I'm here to do. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go give you my lock of the week. The one pick I didn't hit last week, my lock. Uh, so maybe don't bet Rob's 401k. Now Rob's out of 401k. Uh, that sucks for him. Um, lock of the week this week. I feel great about it. Kansas City minus seven against the Las Vegas Raiders, Rob. The Chiefs by a touchdown. Now, Andy Reid after a bye in his career, measly 18 and three, 14 and seven against the spread. Like those numbers. Also, what have the Chiefs lacked all year, Rob? Defending Super Bowl champs, they've lacked motivation. Yeah. You know, they yeah. you know they gonna get up for games. You know, you're defending Super Bowl champs. How are you gonna get up for the Raiders in November? <laughs> it's about to be Thanksgiving. You're looking forward to going home to the wife and kids and having some turkey and mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving, Rob. But the Raiders did a victory lap earlier this year around Arrowhead where the Chiefs' only loss this season was to the Raiders, and the Raiders took a victory lap around Arrowhead. That mm-hmm. did not go unpunished by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, Rob. And the Vegas defense is not very good. 
But Mahomes had his worst game of the year against them, largely due to apathy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I expect Mahomes to have his best game of the year this weekend. A motivated Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid off a bye. And the Raiders have some COVID issues on the O-line. It ain't looking yeah. right over there. They got some COVID issues on the O-line. And going up against Chris Jones, going up against Frank Clark, going up against the Steve Spagnola defense, that's not good, Rob. It's not, it's not good. Yeah, this is going to be like a, a payback game. I, I call it like a payback game. I think, you know, the Chiefs let that one slip away at Arrowhead against the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he doesn't have the circle. He, his only interception of the season is, is against the Las Vegas Raiders that he threw. So I think this is going to be a payback game. Uh, a lot of points will be scored in this game for some odd reason. I don't, I don't know why I'm thinking that. But like you mentioned, the defense, half of them were pretty much isolated for the COVID. Uh, so it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough stretch for the Raiders. They're in a good run right now, but I think the Chiefs, of course, is the better team, and they let that one slip away at home. They're not letting another one slip away in this in this rivalry. Las Vegas, Oakland, Sacramento, San Diego is still a Raiders. This this battle right here between these two teams is going down in history. Uh, it's a, one of the greatest rivalries we have in the NFL football. So. I think the Chiefs will cover. I like it a lot, man. I, see, I don't see you hate my stuff, but I love you. Hate your stuff. <laughs> I like your next two picks. Okay, cool. Appreciate I like it. your next two picks, but I'm I'm honest here. I'm honest. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm honest. I know. That's why. I, that's why I, I like you. I, I, I just love. <laughs> I I can't wait to watch. I I can't wait to watch the Chiefs score fifty eight points, and I feel like you'll like that as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll get uh, what what's pick number two, which I like a lot better than pick number one. Uh, pick number two is Baltimore Ravens at home minus five against the Tennessee Titans. I, I like this pick because okay, Mark Ingram is back. Mark Ingram was back last week against the. You know, when they when the Ravens played the Patriots, and he wasn't really effective. You could still tell he he didn't even – actually, he only played one series because he got hurt. So, oh, 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 now. But I think this team against the Tennessee Titans – Tennessee Titans is not a good defense. I'm not going to say they're a fraud. I think – I love their team, actually. I love I love the, the make of their team, like the offensive side. Right. Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown emerging as a, as a number one wide – excuse me, excuse me, number one wide receiver in this game. But I think the defense is is a big hurdle for this team. Lamar Jackson, uh, I think it's just OC. I was talking to somebody. Somebody said it's just his, his, just his offensive coordinator and all that and this and that about the skill set and this and that and this and that. I'm just saying like this. I think when you're an MVP and you come back the next season, all the eyeballs are on you, you know, try to stop you. Find out which, how can we get the ball at your hands a lot. And I think for Lamar, man, he's just going through those troubling times, just trying to figure himself out. Wide receivers are going to be mad. Hollywood Brown is going to be mad. He's going to be mad. He's not going to get the ball. Like that's that's common for a wide receiver. So I think just the the Ravens just have to buckle down, stay to their core. They have a great defense. They have a turnover type of defense. They're going to force the ball at your hands. So. I think this is going to be a long day for Ryan Tannehill. If those guys up front can get to him, uh, put eight, nine in the box against Derrick Henry, do what you got to do against Derrick Henry, even though that's pretty much not stopping the big fella. 
but I think uh, you you got to go to that nature. But I, I love Baltimore at home. I I just they're just a better team at home. Yeah, I'm I'm with you here on Baltimore. Even though they lost, I think losing to Tennessee last year in the playoffs it helps their motivation here mm-hmm. against the Titans. Number one, and I think where the Titans have struggled is if teams can bully them up front. A team mm-hmm. really good with a really good athletic front seven, and. You know, the Ravens last year, after the playoff loss, what did they do? They went and they got Calais Campbell. They went mm-hmm. and they got Derek Wolf. Now this season, they went and got Yannick Ngakwe. That's all on the defensive line. They drafted Patrick Queen from LSU. Better, mm-hmm. more athletic in the defensive front seven. They're going to give Derek Henry problems. And, look, Lamar's not playing as well as last year, but he was never going to play as well as last year. That mm-hmm. wasn't, wasn't going to happen. Um, I think Lamar is fine. I really do. I think I think Lamar's fine. I think Lamar will. I think Lamar's gonna bounce back this week. I like uh, you know, he played in a monsoon in New England. Like you couldn't see the players in the fourth quarter. You couldn't even see them. Uh, I'm I'm with you here. Uh, I actually don't have this in a pick in any of my podcasts, but this was one. I was telling you, there's a lot of games I like this week. I feel really good about the NFL this week. This is mm-hmm. one of the games I like. This one just missed the cut, uh, but I like Baltimore here. I'm with you as well. I like uh, and Tennessee's just not. They off to a great start when they start five and zero, six and zero. They're not mm-hmm. as good as their start. Um, I don't think they're as good as their start. And you saw that against the Colts last week, who are a really good defense. Um, I'm with you on Baltimore here. I like them to win by at least a touchdown. Uh, my second pick of the week. Uh, I know you have this later on, so we're gonna. Uh, I'll let you hold off on your comments on this one way or the other. But um, I like Green Bay minus one and a half here against Indianapolis. Against Indianapolis team, I think is pretty damn good. Uh, I think Indy is pretty damn good. But like the Packers here, um, I know they're flawed, especially on defense. You saw that in the Jacksonville game this past week. But they can get after the quarterback with Preston and Zadarius Smith. They can They can rush the passer. Phillip Rivers is, is immobile. That's a problem if you can get after him. Uh, he's not going to evade the rush or do anything to really make him miss. Um, and also, after that close call against Jacksonville last week where Green Bay kind of slept walk through the, you know, kind of slept walk through the game, uh, they're going to be on high alert, the Packers are. They're going to they're gonna be on high alert. They're going to be ready to go against the Indianapolis team that's really, really good. This is a very good team. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, like I said, the Colts are a good team. And I think they are really, really good, especially on defense. But they lack the dynamic playmakers. I mean, who's their best offensive skill guy? Is it Hines? Naheem Hines is a you know he's a nice receiving back, but he's not anywhere near elite. T.Y. Hilton hasn't really done much this year. Is it the rookie receiver Michael Pittman? Solid, but he ain't you know he ain't that alpha. Is it Zach Pascal who's had you know kind of a good year? But he's again Zach Pascal's not while well, he's a solid receiver. He's not that guy. In the Packers, I get. Not only do I get a great quarterback in Rodgers, but I get Devontae Adams and I get Aaron Jones, two dynamic playmakers on the Green Bay offense. And just looking at this game, Rodgers is better than Rivers. I have better mm-hmm. skill position players with the Packers. I get the pass, I get a better pass rush with the Packers, with the Smith guys. The Colts don't really have a you know elite edge pass rusher. And I'm getting points here. I'm getting a point and a half. Give me the Packers here to not just win, but pull the upset here. Um, I like the Packers plus one and a half against the uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. I think this is a game the uh, I think this is a game the Packers win. 
Yep, yep. You say hold off on the comments, and I will tell you why I will hold off on my comments. Right. So last I'll see in a bit. <laughs> my last pick for the NFL uh, for what is this week eleven? Because it's week twelve in college. Uh, so yeah, uh, week eleven right here on the NFL season, right here on the Gambling Shack podcast. My last pick is Kansas City versus the Raiders. The over fifty seven. Dome Stadium, they're not playing it in the, in the uh, Oakland A's baseball field anymore. People, please wake up. This is the Vegas Raiders. This is big time. Um, a lot of points will be scored here because I, I just think Pat Mahomes, he, like you said, I think he was just, they weren't motivated. They, they were, the, the passes that Pat did in that game, if I could remember, was in Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, so I was like, okay, once they see this team again, and the Raiders rolled what they did, rolled the bus around Arrowhead. Like, you know, that's disrespectful. You got the victory left. That's disrespectful. So I think the Chiefs going to come hard. Uh, can the Raiders keep up with the Chiefs? No. No. Not when they rolling. Not when they rolling. So I think uh, you, this ain't a fantasy football show. Uh, I guess start the regulars. But uh, I don't think – oh, Hardman out, never mind. Don't, never mind. Don't listen to me. Uh, just start the regulars and, uh, you know, pray for the points. Yeah, it's um the one concern – I agree with you here because I think the Chiefs are going to come out hot. I think the Chiefs are going to look – the Chiefs will look like the best team in the league Sunday night is mm-hmm. my thoughts. I think it's going to be a blowout. The one concern I have with the over, I do agree with your pick, is the Raiders at their best? They're, they're going to control the ball. You know, they're going to try to run a ball control offense and bleed out the clock and keep Mahomes off the field. With that being said, though, when they beat the Chiefs, they won 40 to 32. 72 points were scored in that game. Now, over under 57, you would need 15 less points to be scored with a more motivated Chiefs team against a still bad Raiders defense. I'm, a, I'm with you here on the over. It's, uh, yeah. And I, I think the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to put up a lot of points. <laughs> that's that's my reason here. I think they're going to put up a lot of points. Um, last pick of the week: Tampa Bay Bucks. I can't help but bet on Tom Brady, Rob. The Tampa Bay minus four at the LA Rams. Rob knows I'm a Brady fan from our brief but wonderful time together at ESPN Houston. Um, but why do I like Tampa Bay? Well, we didn't address this earlier. But Andrew Whitworth, the Rams' left tackle, he is out for, you know, a few games here. He's going to come back is what it looks like, which is good. People saw the injury on Sunday. It didn't look good at the time, but it looks like he'll be okay as far as, you know, the playoffs go potentially. But Rams are without Andrew Whitworth and against Shaq Barrett and JPP. That's a, that's a problem. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. no bueno there. Uh, yeah. Also, Bucks are like you said earlier, Rams need a running game. They need to be able mm-hmm. to run the ball. Bucks are the second best run defense in the NFL per football outsiders. The Rams offense is based on the running game. Their passing game is based on the running game, their ability to do play action. And combine that with losing your best offensive lineman, that's compiling problems on top of other problems. That is never good. And the Bucks, what do they have? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. The Rams have Jalen Ramsey, who shut down DK Metcalf. And I think Ramsey's if I made an all-pro team right now, he's the first cornerback I'm putting down there on my all-pro team. He's been outstanding this year. Ramsey can only cover one of those guys at a time. I think Jalen Ramsey's awesome. He can't cover Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown all at once, despite yeah, how he is. Uh, 
And I think Darius Williams, he's played really well this year. Do you really trust him to go one-on-one with Chris Godwin or Mike Evans or Antonio Brown? I don't. Um, and Tampa Bay, last time they were in primetime, they got embarrassed by New Orleans. Yeah. That was only a couple yeah. weeks ago. They got embarrassed. Expect Brady and Co. to send a message this week in primetime, say, hey, we're not that team you saw two weeks ago. That was a fluke. That was an aberration. We're for real. Watch this. Spec Tampa Bay to come out firing. Combine that with the Rams. I think losing Whitworth is bigger than uh, bigger than being reported. That is not a good injury because he was their best offensive lineman by far. Um, you combine losing Jared Goff's blindside protector, your best offensive lineman for a team that relies on the running game, and Goff, a quarterback who is not good when under pressure but is elite when uh, passing from a clean pocket. Bad matchup for the Rams here against a still-motivated Bucks team. I like Tampa by double digits here, covering the four points against the L.A. Rams, who I do still like as a football team. I think they're still legit. I think they're running up against a bit of a buzzsaw this week, though. I don't know, man. I just think at, at home, L.A. Rams, both teams coming off a victory. And, I mean, I, I give you your point. Jalen Ramsey can't cover Chris Dye with Mike Evans and Antonio Brown all at the same time. I give you that. That's a great point. He can't. But I, I just think, man, I I said I'm going to buy a little stock into the Rams. I, if they could get that running game going, if they could be strong up front, I mean, on the line, you know, for Malcolm Brown and the Daryl Hendersons of the world, if they could push a little front up there on the front line, maybe it could do something. But I, I don't know. It might be a – it's a closer game than most people think. I, I think, you know, maybe the Rams may be covered. You know, Temple Bay still wins. I give you that. Temple still wins. But I think it's going to be a closer game than most people think. Also, I want you to remember – Mm-hmm. The Rams beat or the Bucks beat the Rams last year with Jameis Winston at quarterback. Yeah. John McVay doesn't love playing the uh playing Todd Bowles defense there. They don't uh, now the Rams are better this year than they were last year. And I think the Bucks are too. Um mm-hmm. I just think without Whitworth, it's a it's a matchup. But I do think I think the Rams are a really good team. So it's not easy to pick against them necessarily. Like yeah. this it's not easy to pick against when you're giving up points with a really good team, especially more than a field goal, that's never mm-hmm. losing Whitworth is what sealed it for me, though. If yeah. it was a four-point spread and the Rams had Whitworth, I'm probably just staying away from this game altogether. Mm-hmm. But without Whitworth and with JPP and Shaq Barrett and you got Dominican Sue inside, all the Bucks playmakers, it's just too much. That's that's a that's a lot of firepower out there in Tampa, but I'm excited. We got a this is a great slate of primetime games. We had last night's uh, Seahawks Cardinals game, which was a lot of fun. Sunday night Chiefs and Raiders, you know, division battle between two playoff teams. That should be a lot of fun. What we think will be a high scoring game and uh, Bucks and Rams. You know mm-hmm. that uh, this is a good this is a great NFL uh, great NFL weekend we got here. Oh yeah, most certainly it, it's. It was kind of tough to pick these games and, like, really just sit down and, like, analyze the numbers like I pretty much always do and think logical about who is the better team, who's the worst team, this and that. So we got a good we got a good slate of NFL uh, action. This is a fun Now, for our live dogs. Uh, Gabe, you go first. Yeah, man, live dog. Uh, shout out to New York Giants and Joe Judge. Get me to win over the Eagles last week. And uh, now I'm going to take the Eagles, Rob. The team that lost it for me. Well, 
lost it by, you know, they won it by losing it for me. Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to, I like the Eagles as a three-point underdog to beat the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Love mm. the Eagles here. I'm going to say 17-13. It's going to be a low-scoring game. That Cleveland weather, man. You were saying last week the Texans, they need to hold the Browns down. The Texans were able to keep the Browns off the scoreboard largely. And I was like, man, with their crappy defense, they can do that. That Ohio weather ain't no joke. <laughs> nah, it's, it's not. It's that not, Ohio yeah. weather ain't no joke. And the Eagles, um, I'm going to pull this up here. The Eagles' strength of their team on defense is the defensive line with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Javon Hargrave, Derek Barnett, Vinny Curry. It's a good defensive line they got going on over there. And look at the Eagles the past since the Super Bowl. They haven't played well just all together since they won the Super Bowl. But when have they played well? Two years ago, Nick Foles comes in, backs against the wall. They need to win out to go to the playoffs. They win out and make the playoffs. Last year, Eagles fall to 5-7. and seven. Need to win out to make the playoffs. Win four in a row with me and you playing wide receiver for Carson Wentz. Rob. It would be <laughs> you, you and Greg Ward out there. And, yeah. they, and they, with their back against the wall, they did what they needed to do to make the playoffs. The Eagles play well and only play well when their backs mm-hmm. are against the wall. The Giants are coming on. Actually, the Giants are the best team in the division right now. Giants are coming yeah. on. Washington is has looked competent despite losing the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, Dallas – I don't take Dallas seriously. But Washington and the Giants have come on here. Eagles already lost to Washington. They need they need a couple of wins here to distance themselves. They need this win over the Browns this week. Love the Eagles here as a three-point dog to not just cover the spread, but they're my live dog. Eagles upset the Cleveland Browns. For my live dog, um, last week I had Houston. Uh, what was it? Plus, what I caught it at? Three, it was three and a half. You got three and a half. You had three and a half, so you covered. You covered. <laughs> but they didn't outright win. Uh, so this week we're going to turn that over to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, plus one and a half uh, cover over uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I just think, like you said, you said a point. They slept walk through that whole game against Jacksonville and did not turn it up to the second half, pretty much, pretty much. So I, I think, you know, the uh, Devontae Adams, his ankle is good. He's ready to go. I think Lazard should be back. Is he like Lazard should be back? Like, I don't want to in the Green Bay Packer wide receiver is not named Devontae Adams. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin has done his thing uh, this season. He's pretty much their deep threat uh, for Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, Aaron Jones, he's still trying to get back healthy. I think once Aaron Jones, if he can at least play 80 to 90%, because let's face it, all NFL players are not 100%. I think if you could get Aaron Jones at 80 90%, you could have some type of uh, a, a, a great game now, a great balance on the offensive side. Now, the defense, on the other hand, is, yeah, like you said, the Packers are pretty flawed out on the defensive side, more on the running game, per se, than the passing game. Yeah. So, like, you could stop uh, Naheem Hines. Or you, Jonathan Taylor hasn't been as big as the coach wanted him to be. No. But, you know, yeah, 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 yeah it's not good. Where the Packers struggle is if you run downhill like power at them. Hines is not that kind of back. 
You know, he's going to run outside. He's going to catch things out of the backfield. Jonathan Taylor's not been good. And the Colts have a really good offensive line, but they don't have the running back to really complete that power run game that I think they really thought they had coming into the season. Yeah, and and, and that's the problem. So I, I think if the Packers jump out this game really early, really, really early, I mean, goodbye, Colts. I think they got all right winning. Oh. And yeah, they got all right winning. And, and Aaron Rodgers will have an Aaron Rodgers game. Yeah, and I mean, Phillip Rivers is not going to come from behind. I mean, that's, that's not, not what it is. And like you said, the Packers are flawed on defense, they're flawed against the run. But man, Jair Alexander's a really good corner. Kevin King's a good second corner. And they got two good edge pass rushers. Like they mm-hmm. can, they're good against the pass. Like they, they, and they got a good secondary, they got good pass rushers. If you get ahead of the Colts by two scores, man, you trust Phillip Rivers to lead them back? I don't. I don't like. I'm with you here. I'm a. I, I really like the Packers here, and then getting points when I get the bet, especially when the gap between Rodgers and Rivers right now has never been wider. Um, uh-huh. And and I think there's a bad because the Colts looked really good on Thursday night football, and the Packers did not look good in their win over Jacksonville. I think that's. I think there's a bit of overreaction here with this line. I like. Uh, I'm with you here on Green Bay. Well, that's it for the NFL slate. Let's recap the NFL slate real quickly before we dive into the college football. Uh, Gabe picks and his lock. His lock is Kansas City minus seven at Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, second pick for him is Green Bay plus one and a half at the Indianapolis Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium. And his next pick is Temple Bay, minus four, at SoFi Stadium against the Los Angeles Rams. So, all road teams for Gabe. Go <laughs> yeah, road teams this week. I don't – well, I don't think home field matters. Like, in college, I think it does. In the NFL, though, it don't matter here. It don't matter. Uh, especially for 2020. Uh, so, my picks in lock, uh, number one, Atlanta Falcons, at – New Orleans plus three and a half. That's my lock, people. I stand by that tall, even if it go to three. Who I just took a big gulp. Uh, second <laughs> pick, <laughs> Baltimore Ravens minus five at home versus the Tennessee Titans. And the last pick for me, Kansas City, Las Vegas Raiders, the over 57 and our <laughs> live dogs. Gabe, Eagles plus three over the Browns. And mine is plus Green Bay Packers plus one and a half over the Indianapolis Colts. All right, Gabe, let's go to CFB features. A lot of misses in this one. And a lot of misses more than hits, I should say. Let's get to the misses first. 15 games canceled and postponed again uh, for week 12 of the college football season. I'm going to put it like this, Gabe, real quick. The championship ain't gonna be played in in Jan- early January. They it might have to start. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be. It, it they might have to move this to maybe the last week of January. Or I mean, there's no Pro Bowl for the NFL, so might as well. What I, what I'd be in favor of doing is playing sometime in mid January the playoff games, and then that weekend before the Super Bowl playing a national championship. Mm-hmm. Because the draft process, I mean, I doubt they're doing a senior bowl this year with COVID and no. all that. I don't think they're doing it. So I don't think anyone's missing out on that. And most of the time, guys whose teams are in the playoffs don't participate in the senior bowl anyway. 
Um, so, and all the, I have a bowl game rant that I'm not going to do right now, but we don't need the craft Mac and cheese bowl. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, but do your bowl game sometime in mid January and your playoff game, that pro bowl weekend, because the NFL draft process stuff doesn't start till after the super bowl anyway. So you're not mm-hmm. in prospective prospects like, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, or, you know, a lot of other guys that play for mm-hmm. and Clemson and Ohio state. Uh, you're not keeping those guys from NFL draft stuff, but you're going to be able to have teams play more than, oh, I don't know, five games before going to the college football playoff this year. You got to be able to adapt in this COVID year. You got You can't have some, be so gung-ho on this is going to be our schedule. You got to be able to adapt here, and college football needs to realize that. Bite the bullet a little bit and say, all right, look, it's not all going perfectly. It's not going perfectly for anybody. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and pivot here. And you know, I, I'd like to see college football make some changes. Maybe make January first, which is usually your big bowl game day in college football. Maybe make that conference championship day. I mean, wouldn't that be pretty cool? You New Year's Day, you get the SEC championship, and then you get the Pac-12 championship and a Big Ten championship, and I think that'd be pretty cool. You still get you still get a bunch of big college football games on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. You still get that and. A lot of those games likely have playoff implications. Probably be Notre Dame and Clemson again. That we saw how that game played out, you know, last week. That was a really good game, or two weeks mm-hmm. ago. That was a really mm-hmm. good game. Probably get a rematch of that. Get Alabama and Florida. It's going to feel really big on New Year's Day, and that's what college football wants. That New Year's Day is college football's day. I think college football should move. If it were me, if I was overlord of college football, move the conference championship games to New Year's Day. Let you know with all the COVID cancellation stuff schedule, you know, just reschedule these games, work the schedule a little bit differently here, give teams some buys, some time off here just to, you know, recoup in this mess of a season, give the Pac-12 and Big Ten opportunity to schedule some more games. Um, but I, I would, I think, I don't know, I, I thought of that just right now, and I know we're not really a commentary podcast, but that's, personally, that's what I'd like to see is get some kind of, you know, New Year's Day conference championship games. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to go what? email uh, the NCAA guy that right now. Maybe we'll pick <laughs> an idea. Well, I mean, something something has to happen. Yeah, we are, we're not a commentary podcast, pretty much just nature sports gambling. But I think something has to happen because college football is Swiss cheese right now. There's so many holes in between college football. You don't know if a game is going to be played this week or a game is not going to be played. I mean, they all announced the cancellations of the postponements at least probably two or three days before we even get to uh, a Thursday night game, per se. So it, it something has to happen. Something will have to get pushed back. I know the commissioners don't want it, but something will have to get pushed back. It could be championship games. It could be bowl games. Something will have to get pushed back. Uh, we'll just go through the cancellations real quick. UT and Texas A&M, both of their games are canceled uh, for this weekend. Um, Big 12, man, just Big 12 and SEC is pretty much you know, everybody's taking a big hit, but it seems like every week, uh, I mean, Big 12 or SEC game is canceled or postponed. Um, let's get to the, the hits. Everybody want to hear about the hits. Everybody care about hits. Uh, Wisconsin, my goodness. Did they roll over Michigan? Oh, my goodness. Woo. Woo, Jim Harbaugh, your time is almost over, baby. I'm not going to almost on Harbaugh. I, a lot of teams are struggling. I like Harbaugh, yeah, so I'm, yeah. you know. But, I, 
Man, I Michigan does not look good this year. That's why I bet Wisconsin. They didn't, and they and they Michigan kept their end of the bargain, baby. They did not look good. <laughs> they kept their end of the bargain. Yeah, yeah, they they, they sure did. They did, not, uh, they did not look good. You had some hits though. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I did, I did. Um, Indiana, big win over Michigan State. I mean. Indiana is is for real. We talk about who 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 pretender contender. They gonna they gonna get a chance this weekend. Now. Ohio State, Ohio State has won twenty five straight matchups over this team. You see the spread on that game? Yeah, minus twenty and a half. I almost uh, Ohio State. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the guts to pull the trigger, but I almost met Ohio State there. Just because Ohio. The only reason I didn't, I think Ohio State is more than three touchdowns better. But the reason I didn't was because Ohio State hasn't been challenged yet this year. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to bet. Like, if a team has not played a tough game yet and they're playing what's supposed to be a really good team, it's hard. You know, and, and Indiana has been challenged. Like, Indiana mm-hmm. has been tested. So it's – and I think Ohio State's a lot better, but it's – Will Ohio State maybe be caught off guard early and it'll take maybe a quarter and a half for them to, you know, find their footing in the game? That's the only reason why I didn't bet it. But, well, I saw that number because I was thinking, oh, I'll bet Ohio State this week against Indiana. I saw 20 and a half and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just think, yeah, Ohio State is the better team. I think the more well equipped, more efficient team. I mean, in Vegas, Portugal, is it? I think they agreed. I think uh, Indiana is not. Who they are, who they, who they, who they think they are, and what their record shows. I, I think Ohio State is the better team. Uh, when it comes down to that, I think you know they pretty much Ohio State runs the Big Ten. Um, another one. Oh, undefeated Liberty takes on another ACC team, NC State. So put some respect on Liberty. I seen that three and a half. Yeah, <laughs> put some respect on Hugh Freeze uh, Liberty team. Hugh yeah, Freeze is the next coach of South Carolina. They just fired their coach. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did fire their coach. That's what I had to think about. That's a good take. They just fired their coach. I'm uh, not going to officially report it, but it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. I mean, yeah, Hugh Freeze, he's, he deserves a – I mean, not a better job. He's done a great job for Liberty. I mean, who who would have thought Liberty was undefeated uh who will be undefeated and i didn't went know to, he had a division one football team <laughs> no oh no dave oh i've been in the trenches too long gabe i should have told you um yeah I, 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 oh they beat virginia tech whoa that's a, now they're playing nc state they're only three and a half point dog yeah they were 16 and a half point dogs last week against virginia tech and i just thought that's that's disrespectful for them being a undefeated team but it's liberty People don't people don't see Liberty having those type of games on the road. So I, I think this is another test. Remember, he beat Nick mm-hmm. Saban back to back years when he was at Ole Miss. Yes, yeah, yeah, he sure did. You can say what you want about strippers or whatever and stuff he did <laughs> at Ole Miss, but he a uh, man can coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a solid coach, and I, I think. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, if I was, NC State is a solid team. They kept up with Miami until the end, the U. But I don't, I don't really think they. I, I don't think, I don't think Liberty loses that game. I, mean, I, I think they stay undefeated for the independent um, conference. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah it's um, I, that was the other game that just missed the cut for me. Yeah. That was another one that just missed the cut. Because you just with Liberty, I just don't know. Like for the players coming off a win like that. Now, actually, I like Liberty minus three and a half, but or, or plus three and a half, especially plus three and a half. But are they going to have an emotional letdown following that win over Virginia Tech in the manner in which they won the game? Um, we'll see. But I thought, you know, despite the cancellations, I thought we had a lot of good games to choose from for college football this weekend. So, well, um, Gabe, since she, yeah, yeah, since she dove in right to it, baby. I'm swimming. I'm swimming to my picks now. Uh, let's, let's swim into the picks. Uh, I, uh, you, I go, well, you win. No, you go first on college because, you know, you know, I went first on NFL. You All go. right, I'll, I'll, go for, I'll go first here. I like uh, first one of the week. Like my boys in, in Little Manhattan, Little Manhattan, Kansas, the Kansas State Wildcats going on the road to Ames, Iowa. I've actually been to Ames, Iowa before. Uh, not you know, ain't much there. But okay. <laughs> uh, little boys from Little Manhattan going to Ames, Iowa, plus ten and a half is a seventeenth ranked Hawkeyes. I like the uh, I like Kansas State here. I like the Wildcats. Um. One of the best coaches in the country that no one knows about is Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. He's beaten Oklahoma back-to-back years. Now he's on his number two quarterback, and he's still putting a competitive team out there. They almost beat Oklahoma State two weeks ago. I mean, really should have beat Oklahoma State. Just almost pulled the upset. Couldn't They didn't get the two-point conversion. But Kansas State's a really good team. And with Chris Kleiman, he was coaching North Dakota State, and I covered a game when I was at Sam Houston. Sam Houston versus North Dakota State. North Dakota State did the Sam Houston what North Dakota State has done to everybody in FCS football, which is kick their ass. Um, <laughs> but Chris Kleiman, it's a culture of physicality, you know, where he goes, and they don't make mistakes at Kansas State. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't beat it's a lot. When I watch them, I compare them to the New England Patriots. When I watch North Dakota State and now Kansas State, not mm-hmm. a talented team, and in college it's more evident than in the NFL, where everyone there's a baseline talent level in the NFL. But mm-hmm. the state does not make a lot of mistakes. They do a lot. They and they're very, very physical. And going against the Iowa State team, despite Iowa State being ranked, it's not like Iowa State's really all that talented here. It's yeah. not like Iowa State is some you know juggernaut like a, a, t- a team with a bunch of five star guys like in Oklahoma or even a Texas or on a bigger scale in Ohio State. You know they're not a team like that with a bunch of talent. I think Kansas State. I love their coach Chris Kleiman think they have an identity and a culture that they're following there. I'm not going to pick them to win the game because I think with that backup quarterback, they're just – Kansas State's ceiling is not – when they beat OU earlier this year, they had their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, their backup QB, Will Howard, while he's getting better, is not – you know, he ain't that guy. Um, but I like Kansas State with a 10.5 points covering in Ames, Iowa at Iowa State this weekend. All right, now, Shaq, is, uh, hold on till you see what I'm about to say. Uh, my first pick for college football, um, number four, Clemson, minus 35 and a half versus Florida State. Um, Oof. That's a, one, yeah, that's that's a big, big number. One. That's a big number. So that means uh, Trevor win by more than seven touchdowns or five, more than five touchdowns for those keeping track of yeah, that, that, that could happen. This team, this is the same team that destroyed Georgia Tech 73 to nine or eight or whatever it was that beat down <laughs> yeah, yeah and uh and i'm gonna just say uh one thing trevor launch is back trevor launch is okay he's good to go 
they still got the team. They still got Travis Etienne behind them. They still got some great wide receivers. The defense, they had a slip-up versus Notre Dame. I think the hype, they were just too hyped and all that going on. And, and Gabe, Gabe, I know it was some calls. Also, also mm-hmm. remember, though, Clemson was missing three of their four best front seven players in that yeah. game. So I just want to say about the defense, Clemson had some injuries, and that included Trevor Lawrence as well. Clemson is better than what they showed against Notre Dame. I just want to put that out there. So like this is a this is one of the best three teams in college football, in my opinion. Yep, and 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 to that point, everybody back. Everybody, everybody, go country with it. Everybody is back, <laughs> and Florida State they're going through a troubling time. Coach Mike Norvell, what he did at Memphis was amazing. How he changed that culture around. Now he's at Florida State, and you know people didn't expect him to do good at Florida State the first year, but like eventually, like Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, eventually everything will smooth its way out. He's down to his third string quarterback. Justin Blackman got benched for bad play and said, I'm entering the transfer portal, and Coach Novell said he's no longer on the team. The young man, the young man, the second string guy, excuse me, who came in and defeated North Carolina, broke his leg. So he's out for the season. So now I'm thinking logical when I'm betting Clemson getting 35 and a half against this team, this team, they don't, this team, this blood is, yeah, yeah, this team don't have Dalvin Cook. They don't have Cam Akers. So I'm betting 35 and a half. And a half. <laughs> <laughs> and a half. And a half. That's, that's big here. That, that's big here. No, it's uh, I've seen Clemson beat a lot of teams on more than 35 points, especially yeah. ACC teams. They beat a lot of them by more than 35 points. So I'm, 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 I'm giving you a hard time because it's such a big number, but I agree with you. It's a huge number, though. It's a large number. <laughs> I, like, I, I just got that feeling. I just got that feeling. It's a, it's a big number, but I, I'm with you. That's just a – man, when you place that bet, it's like, man, that's a lot of points. But I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. That's a huge number. Uh, number two, I think this is a, one of the more intriguing games of the weekend. Got the Bedlam game this weekend. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And the 18th-ranked Sooners are seven-point favorites. Over the fourteenth ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys, but give me the Sooners, Rob. And I'm a Texas fan, so I really don't like Oklahoma. But give mm-hmm. me OU, give me Spencer Rattler, give me Lincoln Riley, give me that OU coaching staff and that team that has been getting better every week with a quarterback that's been getting better every week. He really grew up in the Red River rivalry game. Mm-hmm. I'm with the Sooners here, I think they're getting better every week. I think Oklahoma State. They lost to Texas a few weeks ago, come back, almost get upset by Kansas State. This is a team that, as a competition, has gotten tougher. They have gotten worse, whereas you look at Oklahoma, every week they're just getting a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. I like the Sooners here to – I mean, if you look at the rankings, you can call it a little upset, but Sooners seven-point favorites here, I think deservedly so. I like OU and Lincoln Riley to win comfortably – over the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yeah, and their game is played in Norman, so I like yeah. And I get I like it. College football, it matters. I mean, it might only be 25% capacity, but 
And that, you know, that Oklahoma math, 25% of 80,000 is like 40,000. You know, that's that math. I'll get to that game that you just named after uh, this pick right here. Uh, number 11, Oregon, uh, minus 13 and a half versus UCLA. Uh, UCLA, <clears throat> Chip Kelly, they, 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 they haven't lived up the expectation. They said they haven't lived up the expectation. Well, yeah, yeah, of course, and not in the Pac-12. I'm feeling like this. They're, they're much improved. They're much improved from two, three years. They're much improved. Okay. Uh, they held. They they tried to hold their own against Colorado, but Colorado slipped away. And then we had a Sunday morning showdown. Did UCLA. you watch <laughs> Nah, I didn't watch that. I actually watched it. I had a in my five TV setup. I had the Masters. I had NFL pregame shows, and I had a I had, I had Cal and UCLA. Yeah, so they 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 dominated against Cal. Uh, this Oregon team, you know what you're gonna get. This Oregon team, uh, a hard nosed defense, a great running game. Uh, the young, the young stud who replaced Justin Herbert, he's he's had some decent games. He he's had some not decent, but some some, some darn good games against Stanford and Washington State. I think Oregon Oregon run this man. I think they uh dominate UCLA. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, I like that picture. I, I'm with you here as well. I mean, I, I think Chip Kelly, I think he's been figured out in college football. Also, Oregon, they're a Pac-12 school, but they recruit like an SEC school. Like, they mm-hmm. they get legit players. They get more elite guys out of California than USC does at this point. Um, and they got NFL dudes on the offensive and defensive line. And in college football, you're elite in the trenches. You're elite. Um, Oregon's got NFL dudes. I'm not sure about their quarterback. You're probably higher on him than I am. But I just don't buy into UCLA at all, and I think Oregon. I think they got some blue chip guys. Uh, you're getting less than two touchdowns here. I like it. I like Oregon here. I I told you when we were doing this before, and I think I said it on the podcast as well. There's a lot of college football games I like this week. It was hard to only mm-hmm. pick. We're doing three this week, not just two. We're doing three. Um, but there's a lot. There were a lot of college football games that I liked this week. It was hard to only pick three. I was really having a nitpick here. Um, and speaking of nitpicking. Go to my third game of the week, Mississippi State, who has been non-existent since their week one win over LSU, which has proven to not mean much. Uh, Mississippi State, plus 25, taking a big dog here at Georgia. Rob, I'm betting this game simply because I'm not sure Georgia can score 25 points. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think the Stetson Bennett experiment is come and gone. You know, they, uh, you know, this is not an elite offense. They don't got Todd Gurley. They don't got Nick Chubb or Sony Michelle. Running backs are fine, but not spectacular. They don't got AJ Green on the outside. You know, they, they don't got guys like that. Matthew Stafford certainly ain't playing quarterback for them. They let Justin Fields go to Ohio State. Uh, that's uh, proven to be not a great decision on their part, choosing Jake Fromm over him. Uh, uh, Georgia just – they don't score a ton of points on offense. And I think Mike Leach will do something on offense. I think Mississippi State gets, you know, at least two or three touchdowns in this game. I think Georgia's going to win. But I think Mississippi State gets a minimum 14 points. I don't think Georgia's scoring more than 30 points. 
Yeah. I, I look at their offense. That's this isn't what they do. They don't score a lot. Um, I saw them winning game against Kentucky. What was it, twenty-one to seven? Georgia doesn't. They don't score a lot of points. If they're forced to get into a shootout, they lose. With Alabama and Florida. But this is an offense that's really adept at scoring a lot of points here. An offense that's not very good with a big number. Give me the Mississippi State Bulldogs to cover, not to win, Rob. Not to win, not to win. To Wait, yeah, yeah, just, just to cover. I think we'll they figured against Georgia. <laughs> they figured out KJ Costello is not that guy. I think my league has come to grip with that. And uh, KJ Costello could go and be a lawyer, what he wants to do. Uh, for his his life, you got a degree yeah. from Stanford, man. He can, uh, he, he's got a lot of doors open to him. Just football ain't really one of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, last pick for me for the college football forefront. Uh, number eighteen Oklahoma versus number fourteen Oklahoma State. The over fifty nine. Now I'm putting like this: if this game was played in Stillwater, I would not go with the over. But since this game is played at Norman. Now you ask yourself, Bobby Beast, what the hell does that matter? I don't know. But Oklahoma has scored 62 points in two straight games. That's what I know. That's what I know. Keep up, Oklahoma State. That's what I want to know. Come on, Herbert. Come on. You did all that yapping in this offseason about the coach. Get out there and show me why you're going to be the top draft pick. Uh, first round, a little later. But, um, <laughs> to that point, Spencer Rattler, uh, like you said, he grew. That Red River, that benching. <laughs> That benching for those for that half, or was it for like a couple series? It was like for the second quarter, pretty much. Yeah, second quarter. Hey, that that taught you a lot. Lincoln Riley said, "Hey, if you ain't you ain't gonna step it up. I will sit you down, young yeah. man." And I think so. Spencer Rattler, he because he was a talented high school quarterback. I think he was trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. You know, first guy, I think Lincoln Riley's like, dude, just run the offense. I'm a great play caller. I know what I'm doing on offense. Believe me. I got Kyler Murray and Baker dropped number one overall. I got Jalen Hurts picked in the second round. I know what I'm doing here on offense. Just run the damn play. You know, and I think one Spencer Rattler, you know, he's a young guy, calmed down a little bit, you know, talented guy. He's able to do a lot of things in high school that he can't do now. Once he calmed down a little bit, you know, took a couple deep breaths, realized that he's throwing to some pretty good receivers, and he's got a pretty damn good coach calling the plays over there. Think you calm down, and you're starting to see how you know you're starting to see Oklahoma look like well, Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, they they haven't missed a beat. I mean, as far I'm looking, I'm looking at their last uh, four or five games. That, I mean, they've been they've been right there, man. They they've been dominant. Uh, sixty two versus Texas Tech, sixty two versus Kansas. I know it's Kansas. Thirty three against TCU, and you know, and a fifty three against uh, UT. I mean, those those guys, like like I said, like you said, Spencer just said, I can't do all these things I used to do in high school. I have to slow it down. I have to take my time, and I have to visualize what my play caller, what my head coach Lincoln Riley is doing. And I think the over gonna hit, man. It's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a back and forth. It Oklahoma State is is this year that defense is pretty darn good. It's not it's not like a typical Big Twelve type defense, but it's pretty darn good. Yeah, but I it, think it's still gonna shoot at. Yeah, and also like you mentioned, Oklahoma they scored sixty-two the last couple of weeks. But Oklahoma State's defense, you know, like Texas is the best offense they played. Texas is able to put up points against them. 
You know, mm-hmm. Oklahoma's going to be the best or second best offense they played now beside Tech. They're, you know, they're one one A in the Big Twelve, I think, in talent, UT and OU. Uh, they, I mean, I think OU's going to put up points and Oklahoma State. You know, with Chuba Hubbard, with uh, Sanders and Spencer Sanders, the quarterback, um, Tylen Wallace, they're going to put up points in this game. Probably the over is probably a more sure bet than my Oklahoma minus seven because uh, I like points are going on the board here. There's with Lincoln Riley's offense combined with. Uh, you know, combined with the playmakers Oklahoma State has on offense, um, the over 59 here, that's a uh, – I mean, heck, these last few Bedlam games, I think one team has scored more than 59. You know, mm-hmm. this feels like – and again, this isn't the typical Big 12 where the final score is 63 to 60, but it's a uh, – you know, they're going to – the points are going to be scored in this game. They always are in Bedlam. We always got points on the board. And we're looking for another undefeated college week here. Little yeah, we week here. That was a, that was fun on Saturday. That was a lot yeah, of fun we, last Saturday. Yeah, we we added, more fun this Saturday. Uh, sorry about that. We added an extra game, so it could be much better for for you Shackers out there. Uh, recap: uh, Gabe CFB picks of the week: Kansas State plus ten and a half at number seventeen Iowa State. Uh, number eighteen Oklahoma minus seven versus Oakland. Number fourteen Oklahoma State. And Mississippi State plus 25 at number 13, Georgia. Uh, for me, oh, Lordy. Uh, my picks, number four, Clemson minus 35 and a half versus Florida State. Number 11, Oregon minus 13 and a half versus UCLA. And uh, last but not least, number 18, Oklahoma versus number 14, Oklahoma State. The over at 59 points. We trying to get y'all this money. Now, we ain't saying bet your house no, bet your car insurance, bet your car no, this and that. Take care of your responsibilities first. And if you got some spare money over here, go and put that down on someone. So that's I'm what I'm saying asking. that because he bet Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football, which did hit, but it's just never a good formula to bet your car note on Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football. Ooh, Lord, I was so nervous. I ain't going to lie, I was nervous watching that game. I was so nervous because I, I don't I was know. Nervous because that game that ended up being a five and zero week. But I was like, man, this is you know I can go five and zero again if I get this one. But it's like, man, but it's Kirk Cousins on winning that football. Oh yeah, condolences to Nick Foles, man. He he stayed on his back. He hurt his back, man. He he stayed down for a while till he got back up. So I mean, Chicago going through it. I'm not going to go at Coach Nagy and say he made a mistake pulling Mitch Trubisky. He didn't like what he seen from Mitchell Trubisky, and he had to make that move. Um, I mean, Trubisky was playing like crap. Like, that ain't yeah. – I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to put heat on Nagy. You remember two years ago the Bears went 12-4. and four, Their offense was clever. They had a lot of trick plays, a lot of gadget plays, smoking mirrors. As an offensive coach, as often, as a play caller, you can only do so much of that before you eventually just got to be able to throw the ball for eight yards. You know what I mean? Like you get at some point, you gotta just be able to run the offense, whether it's Foles or Trubisky or Tyler Bray. You know these quarterbacks ain't uh these quarterbacks ain't cutting it, man. This, I'm hoping nah. for the Bears' defense sake. I'm hoping they get a. I'm hoping they get somebody. I'm hoping they get somebody in this draft because man, that <laughs> they play so well. Nick Foles was so bad. They made Kirk Cousins like a Hall of Famer on Monday night. <laughs> if, you were, if you had never watched football before, and that was the first time you ever watched football, 
you and you saw Nick Foles and Kirk Cousins playing, you would have thought, oh, that Kirk Cousins guy must be really, really good. And it's like, no, he's actually just very average. <laughs> very, very, very average. He's just very he's average. Just like, <laughs> very average. Excuse <laughs> the 90 million. Just very average quarterback yeah, with some great paid. wide receivers. You getting paid though? I wish I had yeah. Kirk paycheck. Yeah, sure do. But uh, you just not tuned to the Gambling Shack, my man. My my man. My name is Robert Harris, aka Bobby Beach. You can follow me at Robo Harris Junior. Across from my screen, virtual screen. My man Gabe Myers. You can follow me at follow him at G underscore Myers M Y E R S. The number thirty three. And uh, we're going to post our picks. Uh, shout out to Twitter. They got a story now. It's called Fleet. So we'll put the we'll put the picks on our fleets. And we'll also put the picks on live so you guys can see what we're betting on. And, uh, you know, uh, happy betting. Happy betting, man. It's going to be a good weekend, Rob. It's going to be a good weekend. We match shirts, sort of. Wasn't planned at all. But... Yeah. Yeah, man, it's going to be a good weekend. I feel good about these picks, both NFL and college. I had trouble, you know, only picking three. I had trouble. It was it was tough, man. But I think it's going to be it's going to be a good weekend, Rob. It's going to be a good weekend, and we're going to have uh, have some extra money in our in our wallets as we put some extra food in our bellies going into Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love me some mashed potatoes, man. Love me some mashed potatoes. And this is the gambling shit. <laughs>